Hi, my name is Ellen, and I'm a compulsive overeater, compulsive eater, a volume eater, binge eater, food addict, uh, and other things as well. Um, really grateful to the opportunity to speak, to give service. Um, I always say yes to service unless I have another commitment um, or it would be, you know, kind of almost impossible. Uh, that's a big part of, of my recovery. Um, I I am a 100-pounder. Um, I'm not sure how much I've lost now because I weigh myself once a month. I used to weigh every week and then every other week, but um, somewhere in the vicinity of um, 138 pounds, uh, give or take. Um, give or take also because, like many of us, I had stopped weighing myself. So my highest recorded weight was 292. It was probably closer to 300, maybe even a little bit over. Um, and um, I, I've i been in and out of OA for many, many years, many, many years. Um, I think I went to an OA meeting when I was in high school, actually. Um, but I'll talk a little bit about, um, I don't want to dwell on the past, um, but I do need to remember where I come from. Um, I grew up in a family where there were many, many compulsive overheaders and many obese people. Um, food was the center of everything. And my grandmother, my mother's mother, uh, used to say, uh, not kidding, she was totally serious. She used to say, if you're not 200 pounds, you don't have a weight problem. And, you know, that's how it was. I mean, we had 200, 250, 300, 400, uh, you know, uh, lots of very heavy people, uh, a lot of illness, heart stuff, diabetes, um, and such. And um, I was, I never had a weight problem when I was a kid. Uh, I was a compulsive overeater, compulsive eater for sure. Um, but I was very active. I was a tomboy. And I always was playing stoop ball or kickball or box ball or riding my bike or walking or on a scooter. Not a scooter like these kids have today, but the old-fashioned wooden ones with the wheels. <laughs> You'd sit on it and scoot around. Um, so I, I never had a weight problem. And um, I loved food. I loved eating. Because I was thin, I was able to be open about my eating a lot of the time, but not all the time because um, – Part of the craziness in my house was that my mother was obese and she was always trying to diet and um, so we couldn't have, quote, good food in the house. So I sometimes had to, like, sneak good food in. But um, And she, you know, she tried, to her credit, you know, every possible way. She couldn't lose weight. She found her way and she got abstinent. Uh, I don't know what she's doing now, but um, she lost the weight. Anyway, um, you know, growing up with... Um, my father was fat, my sister was fat, my mother was obese, and uh, back in the day, fat women could only shop at Lane Bryant. That was it, either in person or by the mail order catalog, and my mantra growing up is, I will never go to Lane Bryant like my mother, ever. And the first time that I went to Lane Bryant was 1986, I remember it clearly, and it was just one of the lowest points in my life. I mean, I was just so upset and demoralized. Um, I'll talk about the way I eat because um, it's important for me to remember and maybe it can help somebody else. Um, I was a volume eater. I didn't get fat on salad. That's not my story. Um, I ate fast food. I ate deli food. I ate in restaurants. Um, I ate 
things that the Girl Scouts sold. I won't mention names of food. Um, when I got older, I and I worked in New York City, and they were like vendors on all the corners, and I would go and, you know, buy this and buy that. And I knew which ones sold this and which ones closed at 3 o'clock. Um, I remember when I was um, young, oh, God, I don't know, like 19, 20, 21 or something like that, I started gaining weight um, in high school, took it off to go to college, and then put some back on and more. Um, anyway, um, I remember going to a fast food restaurant probably a mile or so from my house. And I went in and I placed the order. And I said, this is Sally and this is for Jim and this is for me. I didn't want them to know that this fat person was going to eat all that food, but it was all for me. There were people. Um, and I would eat some of it in the car before I ever left the parking lot. I would eat some on the way home. I would eat some when I got home. Some either maybe I'd put away for later. Um, you know, family functions, just tons of food, a lot of good cooks and bakers in my family. And um, the food was usually really good and lots of it. Um, I, when I started putting on weight and then when I was fat, and then I remember the same year that I went to Lane Bryant, I had gone to a doctor, just, you know, like regular, regular checkup or something. And I happened to see the chart and it said morbidly obese. And I was like, oh, oh my God, I just, um, I couldn't believe it. I tried many diets. I tried Weight Watchers. I tried Tops. I tried OA, which is not a diet, but then they did give gray sheet, blue sheet, all that kind of stuff. Um, I tried Slim Fast. I tried, um, I tried others that I'm not remembering right now. And this was like before I was 25, well before I was 25. Um, and, um, you know, diets work if you, if you do what they tell you to do. Um, years later, I tried Atkins, I tried, um, Ayurveda, I tried vegan, I tried, uh, Zone. Um, I'm probably forgetting. I never, ever took diet pills, ever, because my mother took diet pills when I was growing up. She took, you know, amphetamine speed diet pills, and I had very, uh, negative feelings about any kind of pills. Um, so I, I didn't do that. And I didn't get the shots, I don't think. Maybe I got the shots, I don't remember. Um, and to me, the steps are important. Well, the steps are important, period. But the steps are important because of steps one, two, and three, mostly. Those are the most important steps for me. Um, because I have to know I'm powerless. If it's me and you know, a fast food meal in a room, the fast food meal is going to win. I can't win. I don't have that power to do that by myself. Came to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. You know, that there's hope. It's a step of hope, they used to say. Um, and step three, I'm an agnostic, so I don't believe in God with a capital G, but I, I have made the decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of, of a higher power. Um, I define it as my spiritual tripod, which is the wisdom within myself, the wisdom of certain other people, many in long-term recovery, but not all, and some non-human supernatural something. Um, I heard in an AA meeting many years ago, a guy said that the most important religious experience that he ever had 
was the morning he woke up and realized he wasn't God. And that that really does it for me. Um, and when they talk in step two about restore me to sanity, so by definition, that meant I was insane. And I was. I was bedtime for Bonzo with food. Um, I ate food out of the garbage. I ate food that wasn't fully defrosted. I ate food that was too hot. I took humongous bites and sometimes choked. I stained clothing. I ripped clothing. I heard a very ugly saying in OA early on, but it's true. Uh, Sliver slice, slab, slob. And um, I was a very sloppy eater. I still wear a bib, actually, just because I am a sloppy eater, but not because I'm glomming food down my throat, just because that's the way I am. Um, I I knew the the restaurants that had larger portions. I knew the ones that with certain, um, I won't mention names again, but there's certain foods that have scallions in them, but other places make them without scallions. I know scallions are food, but I don't think anyone's going to get triggered by lettuce or for scallions. Um, I hope not. And, um, you know, I knew which ones had the way I liked it, which had it homemade right there, which ones, you know, it was just store-bought and they resold it. I didn't like that. I was For someone who was almost 300 pounds, I was very picky, very particular. Certain foods I wouldn't eat because they were too rich. Uh, they were too bitter. They were, I don't like mixtures unless it was a certain mixture. My my eating was also very, very ritual, very ritualistic. I had a lot of routines. Uh, I ate in this order. I, I put this on that. I ate this kind of this. I like this brand better. Um, I I also started having health problems, not surprisingly. I started having digestive problems when I was still, I wasn't, how old was I? Probably my early 20s or something. Um, I'm not going to go into the gory details, but um, let's just leave it that thing. It wouldn't always flush and it was very bad and I had to like find different bathrooms and it was, it was not good. Um, I was diagnosed in 1998 with diet, with diabetes. I did an internet uh, quiz and then I went to a doctor who confirmed it. Uh, years later, I was diagnosed with chronic kidney disease. I had joint pain. Uh, I lived in Brooklyn and I worked in Manhattan and there were times where I would purposely take a bus or two buses instead of the subway, even if it took a half hour longer, because the subway station, some of them, a lot of them didn't have elevated platforms or, you know, getting from the platform to the street. And if the staircase was too high, I just, I just couldn't do it, you know. Um, I started sometimes falling asleep unintentionally, um, really passing out from all the sugar and the heavy carbs. Um couldn't play sports anymore. I mean, it was just um, very unmanageable life. Um, I'm abstinent. Actually, yesterday was a year, nothing short of a miracle, really. And um, I have had other stretches of abstinence in the past, and I don't feel um, cured at all or um, overly confident, but I do feel um, Dr. Bob, the co-founder of AA, he was asked if he ever thought he would drink again. And um, he said that he believes that as long as he's thinking the way he's thinking today and doing the things he's doing today, that he won't ever pick up another drink. That's how I feel. I go to meetings. Uh, I reach out to newcomers. I write not nearly as often as I should, but I still do write. Um, 
I do a lot of service. Um, I call people to make connections. I call people if I'm thinking of picking up. I do Step 11 all the time. Um, the That's become a really important part of my life in a way it, it never has been. And I'm in other long-term recovery and 12-step programs, but um, it's been it's been different. I do um, step 11 every morning, um, sometimes as long as half an hour, depends what's going on. And uh, I like to walk on a local trail. I don't always do that, but when I do, I will often do step 11 the whole time. Um, and um, I work the program the way I ate, which is with a vengeance and maniacally. I remember a guy at an OA meeting in Manhattan years ago said that with the energy that I, Ellen, used for binging, you could light the city of Pittsburgh. And um, that's probably true. Um, to me, and I say this every morning, it's a new thing. I said it, I guess, started a couple of months ago that front and center, first and foremost, my recovery is the most important thing in my life without exception. I'm willing to go to any length and do whatever it takes to maintain and enhance it. And that is absolutely true. If I need to leave a situation, if I need to not, if I need to not go in a situation, um, if I need to read a story from the AA Big Book, moderate a marathon, um, whatever I need to do. And um, some of it is totally about the food and some of it is nothing to do with the food. You know, the not to do with the food part is... Thank you. I hear you. Um, that I I have to rely on someone or something outside of me. For me, it's really going with the flow. I know when I'm working step three. When I feel tense and I'm clenching my fists and I'm pissed off and I'm trying to manipulate situations, I'm not in fixed spiritual condition. But when I turn it over, and trust the process than I am. Um, It's very much about self-awareness and humility in the sense of I know who I am um, and I'm willing to do what I need to do to take care of myself. I ask every day to do great radical self-care. My diabetes is fantastic. Um, my A1C, all my numbers are wonderful. Uh, the chronic kidney disease also is, um, it, you can't really cure it, but you can be at a, a level that's okay, and I am. I'm off all medication for diabetes and chronic kidney disease. Um, I am on um, a cholesterol low medication, which just that kills me because I just feel like, but I'm old now, I'm 64, you know, and it, I'm not going to be able to just live without medication, unfortunately. Um, I mean, I hug my doctor sometimes when I leave the office because um, I've really worked hard and I do, I, I plan my food. I have a very complicated food plan because because of the kidney disease, I have to monitor my potassium and my protein and my sodium. I'm a vegan. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, I eat four times a day. I only eat food I like. If I don't like it, I don't eat it because it's not a diet. I only exercise if I like it. I walk. I go to the gym. I was playing tennis and I started having balance issues. I swim occasionally. Um, and I've started to cook a lot. And it turns out I love it and I'm very good at it. And I cook for other people too. Um, 
I do not eat spontaneously. I have an accountability person, not partner, but person. So if I change a food, um, now I'm only letting her know about starches, actually. But um, for almost the whole year, I change the vegetable or a fruit or a protein or anything. I let her know, and I let her know why. Then I started easing up a little bit where I, the last few months, I only tell her if I change a food, I had other options. Like I decided to have food X instead of food Y. That's okay, but I let her know. Um, when I go to a restaurant, I look at the website first. I plan my meal. I plan a second meal in case they're out of something, which has happened to me. And I bring a backup meal with me because I did once go to a restaurant that wasn't open because they had had a blackout and they didn't get power back. And I had to like run back to the hotel. So um, I safeguarded because it is a jewel. And um, I know without any question that I have another binge in me, but I do not know if I have another recovery. And um, I remember that woman. I remember that that woman, me, the who binged and who snuck food and who stained clothes and who couldn't get out of a chair um, and who was depressed and, and sluggish and carved out, um, who would be with people I didn't like because they had good food or I would go to a function I didn't really want to go to because I knew there'd be a buffet and I could binge a lot. I would pick a hotel sometimes based on the restaurants near it. Um, and food does not control my life anymore. I was a slave to food. I was a slave to binging. It ordered and I I reacted and uh, said, yes, yes, sir. And I don't do that. Um, I heard it said on an OE meeting a while ago, my food is uh, planned, prepared, and protected. And I love that. Um, and and at the same time, I could have the best food plan in the world for me, but if I don't have a spiritual life and a spiritual component, um, it doesn't work. So it, it this is not alcoholism. It isn't. It's not like alcohol or drugs or gambling or getting. You don't ever have to do them again. You have to eat. You have to eat every day several times. Like they used to say in the old days, you have to let the tiger out of the cage a few times a day and put him back in. And um, I will say mostly my abstinence is easy and peaceful, but not always. It's sometimes the food calls and sometimes I don't answer. Sometimes I say, fuck you food. Sometimes I call another OA person or email or text. Sometimes I pray or I take a nap or I... Um, drink something I love, you know, um, a caffeine-free tea or something like that. Um, and I think it's true. And I, I know that, um, you know, I can't, it's an either-or for me. It's very binary. Either you have two minutes. I, thank you, I hear you. Either I plan my food and eat foods that are good for me and that I enjoy and I now I'm actually back into weighing and measuring, and I'm doing more of it. I just feel like I need that discipline. Um, and I'm on a project of, like, all the foods that I like, unless they come prepackaged, what is a portion? Because it's different. What is a portion cooked? What is a portion raw? Um, and I'm really fine. I also started turning my food over, which I haven't done in a long time, to my accountability person a couple of months ago. 
I just felt like I wanted to do. I needed to do it. I needed the accountability for that. And that has been extraordinarily helpful. I mean, just really, really helpful. So, you know, for me, um, I cannot afford to worry about what other people think. I mean, I don't get nasty or aggressive or anything. But if somebody says, oh, you have to try one, I say, really? Do I work for you? (laughs) Are you my boss? No, I don't have to try one. Um, I know what happens to me. And just for today, just for Monday, I am 100% committed. I'm drinking my postum with my um, almond milk in it and ever so grateful uh, to be abstinent, to be in recovery, um, and to be able to share it with people and hope I can be of service to uh, to somebody. And I'll give my contact information now. It's fine. I'll say it twice. I speak quickly. I know it's 203-470-4826 again. That's 203-470-4826, Eastern. Text only. You can text any time. If you don't have a smartphone, you can call, but only if you don't have a smartphone and only until 8 p.m. And I'll pass. Thank you.